I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. This week's episode is just a conversation that Jay and I had one evening after a long day. We were laying down, connecting, relaxing, and I just started recording this conversation because, well, one, the more I learn about borderline personality disorder and my brain and this constellation of behaviors, the more I'm understanding about myself and my own deficits. And so what I'm I've come to find out is there is a deficit in the way that I process information even now. There's a big picture that seems to be missed. Now, granted, there isn't dysfunction in terms of the missing of the big picture. It's more nuanced. Like, for example, sometimes when it comes to parenting and boundaries within a conversation, or if it comes to looking at you know, what someone else is doing and I'm not seeing this like covert nuanced scenario, I can get caught up in when do I set a boundary, what's a boundary versus what's communication, you know, and this this is the kind of conversation that we're having. Another thing I notice is that there are times where I don't fully comprehend a situation in front of me, so I'm still learning a lot of the nuanced social skills that need to occur in order to live my best life. Um, one of the th- examples of this is we were hanging out outside. We have two little puppies. One is four months old. The other one is five months old. And Jay has a tractor, uses his John Deere tractor to mow the lawn. And he was trying to put on one of the attachments to the tractor. And it can be a dangerous thing to do. I didn't register that. I was watching my puppies go kind of run around the tractor kind of thing. And he's trying to work with this machinery. And I run over to him like, do you think I should put the puppies in the house? And he just continues doing what he's doing. He doesn't say anything. So I just take it upon myself and I just figure it out. Right. And then later on, he explains, he goes, did you understand that if I would have stopped doing what I was doing, that I could have gotten seriously injured in what, you know, by with this machinery? And I was like, um, no, (laughs) I didn't realize that. And I had to play it back over my mind and understand for myself, what does he mean? I didn't see it. I didn't understand that. And so there are things like that that I do go through that, you know, makes me realize that there is like a neurodevelopmental component to having a diagnosis of BPD, which we knew, right? So I would call it before quirky or, you know, I lack some social skills, you know, and this is really the thing that I feel like I'm still chipping away at. And I, you know, I know that, you know, you out there, like people ask me, do I struggle? What does recovery look like? I mean, recovery is awesome. There are still deficits and I'm really learning them by learning, speaking to all of you and diving into this material week in and week out. So my purpose for recording this conversation between the two of us is, you know, well, I have several. One is so that you can see how Jay speaks to me when I'm trying to learn something new. There's a lot of me going, "Uh uh-huh, hmm, that's really interesting when he brings something up because I need to process exactly what's being said. In addition, the way that he speaks to me is very educational based. He's very kind. I mean, he does say things that are harsh at times, like 
you know, you're acting. I think there was one point where he talks about like acting like a child or a baby or something like that. And so I really need to separate. I don't have emotion towards that. So you'll hear the way that he says it. It's really nuanced to be validating, but also informative. It's telling that truth in love. And also just our conversation around just the deficits. I know a lot of you are going to be able to relate to the things that I'm saying. And what I've started to realize, which is exciting for the information and the content that we put out, is that development in terms of BPD, there are like stages of growth so that when I'm looking at something like a broad concept like boundaries, I had to learn boundaries around my time first. Like, for example, I'm going to do dishes right now. I'm not going to do anything else but dishes. That's a boundary. And that kind of boundary is very natural to me now. But now I have an issue with understanding like nuanced conversational boundaries. And you'll hear we're talking about a situation where I'm trying to teach my son to respect my boundaries. So I'm trying to figure out how and when I can do that. So I was unloading the car from Costco, dealing with the puppies, doing all these different things. And he's asking me questions and I'm trying to figure out how do I put this boundary down. It's something that I feel like I should know. And I just, you know, I'm still at this point where it's nuanced or I don't get it and I'm having to like implement that. So I think it's beneficial for you to hear this kind of real conversation. Now, again, I will preface it with it's the end of the day. We're laying down. This is mic quality recording. So the recording's not as good in terms of quality and our voices are a little bit softer. So if you have a difficult time hearing it, I ask that you bear with me for this one. In the future, we'll try to you know, do some more formal recordings, but this is just such a great and genuine look into how he and I process things together, get on the same page as a couple, and how recovery, growth, et cetera, it exists in stages and an example of how there are some neurodevelopmental deficits in the way that my brain processes information that maybe I hadn't expressed in the past. So you can do with that what you will. I don't consider that part of having this personality dysfunction, but I do think that, like I said before, there is not, it's not normal, right, for me to have to think so much about where to set a boundary in. So Hopefully this episode is informative to you. It's relatable to you. If you're a partner out there listening, I want you to see if you can take some of the ways that Jay interacts and communicates with me. And if you're the individual with BPD, watch how I come back and interact with Jay in a way that, you know, instead of making us enemies, like you're, you have a problem, it's a sharing of information and it's like a lot of togetherness. Awesome. Here we go. So what's the difference between when you're setting a boundary, you're doing something and someone is having a conversation with you, but you're doing the thing that you're doing, so they shouldn't be interrupting you. And if you look at their body language, you can see that. Like, let's say, for example, you look confused. For example, let's say, like, you're reading something. Or you're raking the lawn. And I come over to you and I start talking to you. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm talking to you and you just don't say much back. 
And I go, all right, you're not talking. You go, I'm raking the lawn. Meaning that's a boundary. So I'm not going to continue to conversate with you if you're doing that. I respect that. But the way that I am is that I'm conversating. So how do I know whether or not I should set a boundary? Because for me, conversating happens all the time. So if I'm LJ and I are like talking about something and I'm supposed to set better boundaries and I'm putting away the stuff at Costco from Costco, I'm feeding the dogs, I'm trying to um, empty and fill the dishwasher and he's asking me questions about a recipe. At what point do I put a boundary line down? Because I, he's asking me questions, but clearly I'm doing all these things. You know, and I know that that's socially inappropriate for most people, but then I have a hard time understanding how to set the first boundary, where to put it, where to draw the first line. Is it with the Costco? Like I, sh- I should have just uh, been unpacking and not talking to him. But the thing is, is don't people just do things and then talk to other people while they're doing them? Do you understand my question? Because it's yes. okay. <laughs> Uh, It is humanly impossible to multitask. You may think you're a good multitasker. You're not. Nobody on earth is. It is humanly impossible to be a good multitasker. You may not pay attention to a lot of different things. But there is it. It's impossible to pay attention. And like really pay attention to more than one thing. So when somebody's doing something and somebody else demands their attention, you have to understand that their brain doesn't function that way. Nobody's brain does. So you asking them to pay attention to you while they're trying to pay attention to something else, it's literally impossible. (laughs) But yet we punish each other for it. But it's just a ridiculous fight because it is humanly impossible. So for you or for me, if I was doing something and you were bothering me or like you were trying to get my attention, I would have to say, just give me a minute so that I can finish this thing that I'm doing. Yeah. Right? Right. Or... You would have to always remember that it is humanly impossible to split your attention. So you should know that and you should see if somebody is doing something that they cannot pay attention to you in that moment. But you can say, hey, when you're finished or, you know, if I could, you know, say something, uh, just let me know. Right? Like if we could talk or whatever. (laughs) Because it's impossible. (laughs) It's so funny that you say this because I understand what you're saying. Like, I understand what you're saying. But here's the thing is that, one, when you used to say, just give me a minute and you were busy doing something, I would get into that whole, like, you don't love me as much as I love you thing. Because you yeah, needed a minute. little babies do that. And they don't get what they want. They cry. Yes, okay, yeah. You know? Yep. So anyway. 
so you um yeah i mean i would get so upset that is a formula in itself i know i know crying is I a know. formula well yeah it worked really well right it whatever works throughout your entire life right. Mm-hmm. So it's always something that you can use, right? But it's a destructive tool that does nothing but betray you. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So the going back to the whole multitasking thing, I know what you're saying. You're saying like biologically speaking, you know, you can't multitask. And this has been something that's been researched. So like yeah. you know, you know, we <laughs> know that you cannot through studies in cognitive neuroscience that you can't multitask because a part of one of the activities that you're engaging in is getting missed. So like if I were to have given those um, instructions on how to cook the salmon to LJ while I was doing all of those other things, something would have gotten missed or something um, in one of those other activities would have gotten missed or done halfway, right? But in my mind, I'm convinced that I can multitask because there are some activities that I don't have that visceral feeling of self-discipline for. So to me, I can half that task or, and I mean, more like for me, the formula has been already built, like you said, because what I would do is start having a conversation and freeze the thing I was doing and never actually finish doing it, which I was fine with because someone else would do it for me. Yeah, but you, you have to, at some point, it's important to realize, to actually take a look around you and take a look at the results of only give paying attention a little bit to a lot of different things. Look at the fragility of your environment because you're setting up all of these things around you in these people in these relationships based on you know giving just a little bit of attention you know and a little bit of uh focus connection right everything around you is so fragile including people yeah i can see that it's hard to like <clears throat> Excuse me, like, but it's, I know that now because I've been practicing this for like so long, right? But so I know all these things logically. But what I'm saying is, is I still don't understand the conversation. Like for me, when do I put the boundary line on? So then if I'm starting, let's say I think logically, what I think you're saying is that no matter what I'm doing, I should focus on what I'm doing. And I should stop doing what I'm doing by choice according to my boundaries and values when I want to have a conversation with someone so I'm actually paying attention to them and caring about them and what they have to say. And I'm not just doing it halfway. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, because then you can build deeper relationships, deeper connections. You know, you'll you'll put more focus into the things that you're doing. Your environment will immediately improve. It'll get stronger. It'll be cleaner, you know? Like, you'll actually care for it because you'll actually have that attention and that focus that you're putting on individual things so each one of those things get nurtured into a, a, a stronger thing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome because that's part of, like, becoming who you are, too. 
That's interesting. Yeah. 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 Well, I can definitely try that out. I I think it's so interesting some of the things that I've like come up with since the podcast and all that I'm trying to work on that are like they're hard deficits. It's interesting. Because I was I did think that today when he was asking me if he should give me the recipe, I thought in my head like I'm supposed to be doing boundaries with LJ. <laughs> Yeah. Am I in conversation with LJ or do I set a boundary? So I had that moment and I didn't know I picked one and it was incorrect. That's okay. But still, it's like, a, you know, an interesting deficit. We're just giving him a heads up, hey, because he doesn't really think about that either. Right? And so yeah. it's an issue for him too. Right. So to give him a heads up, say, hey, you know, I'm doing something so I can't pay attention to you and pay attention to what I'm doing. So just give me a couple of minutes. You know, it explains to him why, you know, and it gives you an opportunity to define your behavior so that you don't just get mad, right? You can walk him through it. You know, it doesn't take that that many more words, but um, if you can walk him through it, you know, he'll at least have a deeper understanding to it. And he'll have the opportunity to make the right choice of saying, okay, sorry about that, right? Or, yeah, do your thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. It's just that, yeah, no, I, there is nothing else. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me to do that, to do it that way. Yeah, it does. You know, I think I'm... I think I want to have this belief that the next time it comes up, I'm just going to be able to do it. But I know that that's not entirely accurate. I'll have to continue to to guess until I understand what I'm guessing at, like practicing. Yeah. You so know? just think, define your behavior, mm-hmm. define your behavior, define your behavior. You say that over and over and over and over again in your head. Mm-hmm. And then when that moment comes in which he's crossing a boundary, define your behavior. You know, or he's trying to get your attention while you're doing something else. Define your behavior and define what you're trying to do and what you're trying to get better at. So just tell him exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. But how do you, it's not, you're not justifying yourself though. So I also find that a fuzzy line because I feel like I'm being like, I'm doing this right now. Like, I don't think that's what you're saying when you say define your behavior by being like, I'm doing this. No. Defining the behavior is talking about a bigger picture, talking about the relationship. I really want to pay attention to you, but I have to do this right now, so can you give me a couple minutes? You know, he's probably going to say, sure. Yeah, you know, and the the roadblock there is that I don't have, I haven't, you know, pushed myself to have the discipline to wait those three minutes and go back so he knows that I'm not really loyal to that so he'll I never even finish it with on the conversation you know right. so it's so you're alive. right exactly yeah that's horrible it's true it's good to be able to work on these things though I'm really glad that we're doing this it's interesting yeah. yeah so I have to be the one to basically hold the line, set a boundary, like, I'm doing this one thing, and if you want to do something with me, then I don't have to, like, get any kind of upset about it at all. I can just define my behavior and say, 
I really want to hear what you have to say, but I can't do this and really pay attention to you at the same time, and I want to pay attention to you, so I'm going to do this, and when I'm done in a couple of minutes, we'll talk, okay? Like that, right? Yeah. So then he gets the opportunity to, like, say, yeah, I'll wait, or, meh, never mind, forget about it, and that's his choice. Right, and just explain that you do want to pay attention to him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you just can't do it right then in that moment. Yeah. And you'd like to, you just can't. Yeah. Right? So you're showing him discipline. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do that, but I can't because I'm doing something. So I made a commitment to the thing that I'm doing. I never even thought of that. That's amazing. You're right. That is showing discipline. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can show discipline, he's getting discipline shown to him, like what it looks like. Yeah. So then he can do that. And then he can, it becomes easy to draw boundaries. That's really, that's really good. Yeah. These are total things I definitely can work on. Absolutely. So you do one activity. If anyone comes in your space when you're doing an activity, you pause what you're doing, define your behavior, that you can't pay attention to two things at once and you want to pay attention to them. And then you ask them if they want to talk in a couple minutes when you're done doing the thing you're doing. Yeah, it's... You know, I'd really like to pay attention in this moment, kind of doing something. So uh, I need to finish this, and then I can, you know, I want to hear what you have to say. You know? So you define the behavior, and you define the fact that you want to, you know, you want to listen to them. Yeah. You just can't do it right then, because it's impossible. (laughs) It's so interesting, because that's never been modeled to me, because that's not... Like a default, you know, a long time ago when we were first together, even like other people that I dated, whenever that was given as an answer, like what you just said, you know, like I can't pay attention to you right now. I would be like, what? (laughs) You can't pay attention to me right now? Mere mortal. (laughs) You can't. What are you you talking about? For something your brain cannot do yeah you'd be like give me a minute and i would be like if it were me i would have dropped everything for him (laughs) (laughs) everything you know or if you were like i I, you know i want to pay attention to to you but i also have to do this right now so I'll, i'll be with you in a couple minutes and i'm like you're choosing the costco order over me you love costco more than me you know, like something like that. <laughs> yeah, something crazy like that. Anyway, it's come a long way. Yeah. yeah. It's cool to see that it can change and grow, but it is definitely interesting that I have, like, these deficits. It's like the Facebook post that I saw tonight. Mm-hmm. The person wrote a really good Facebook post about... Uh, oh, Q&A time. About how uh, she gets really upset and angry and, you know, 
throws tantrums whenever her boyfriend goes and spends time with family or friends or going on a vacation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, you know, she wants to know how can she not do that, which is great, right? Because to want to know how you can not do that, you now, you know, you realize that you do that, you know? So the that behavior, you're aware of it. And she's unwilling to try something. I said, mm-hmm. I basically said that same thing of what I just, you know, was telling you. It's, uh, it's impossible for the brain to pay attention to more than one thing. And so, he's going to try the impossible because he cares for you. Yeah. So, he's going to, you know, place himself in the middle of two people, mm-hmm. one on the other side of him. Mm-hmm. One of them is throwing a temper tantrum <laughs> while the other one is trying to connect. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. He cannot process that. So you lose because he can't help you. Right. He loses because he can't help you. Right. And he also and the the ability to connect with Whoever it is, the family or friend that he's with, you know, that ability just starts to diminish. And so everybody loses. So, I said that, but he's still going to try it because he cares about you that much. Right. So he's going to sabotage himself because he cares about you that much. And I said, stress is a killer. Don't stress it. Don't do that. (laughs) You know, like, be grateful that you have a man that is strong enough to even attempt that. Attempt to be with her, you mean? Attempt to do the impossible. Oh, to multitask, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To calm her down from tantruming because he's away. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah, I get it. It's just that there's so many, you know, for... I mean, I understand for me, because I've already mastered that one. But I just think that there's so many challenges to that, you know? This is probably what we have to break it down. Because I've had all of these levels of, like, recovery of, like, realizations, right? And that was one I've had. But now I'm at a different one. So we probably have to take all of the stages, which I could totally do that, and break them down into, like, how it progressed for me. That would be helpful for people, I think. It would be a good video series. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. So, yeah, I mean, so if you think about it, like, if you can imagine you Mm -hmm. sitting on a couch... You have LJ on one side of you and your mother on the other side of you. <laughs> okay. Both of them are holding a conversation. Okay. Both of them want your undivided <laughs> attention. Oh my god. One of them is tantruming. <laughs> while the other one just they they really want your undivided attention attention. Right? Number one, you can't even process what they're saying. And number two, the only thing you can do is get stressed out. 
Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, you, you just, why would you ever want to put somebody that you care about through that? Well, you know, it's literally, it's, uh, it's like torture. Yeah. Mental torture. It's just, it's never been modeled. So, like, the, the idea that that would be mental torture for someone else. Like, I, I cannot absolutely understand that now. You know, back then, I never, I would be like, what? Mental torture. You know, now you're saying that I caused you mental torture. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have grasped that, you know. It's interesting. Well, we worked through, up through all that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know. Mm-hmm. It's just very interesting that there are, like, I'm realizing in this moment as we're talking that there are stages to the learning because of that whole whole where, where like, that big deficit there. So there's stages. I'm still in learning stages. Yeah. It's cool, though. So, yeah, they're just, you know, it's important to know that when he goes away, where when you're, when yeah, when that person's, I guess, partner goes away, yeah. You know, that it's not about whether they're going to cheat on them. It's about... No. Because, well, that's the thing well, that I factor. don't know. Like, the, but that doesn't matter. Well, it matters to the person who posted. I know it does. Okay. Because it's but not But it really doesn't change the situation is what I'm saying. I know it matters to her. What Just do doesn't change the situation. What do, you mean? what do you mean? Well, it's still the same thing. Mm-hmm. He can't pay attention to, to more than one thing. Right. So if he's not talking to her and, you know, he's cheating on her. is These are like the counter arguments. So you if have to. If he's not like, talking to her, he's cheating on her? Right. So a lot of the times people don't want people to be with, you know, f- other people, family, friends, or even strangers because they believe that the person will, like, want to be with them. Okay. So, so then how on earth does that relationship have any f- possibility for a future? <laughs> think about point. it <laughs> yeah and point. that's the first thing that i said to to that person who posted the facebook post i said you are you know bringing awareness to behavior and you know it sounds like you're willing to to do something about it and mm-hmm. fight for the future of your relationship and you should yeah you know, because oh, yeah. the future does depend on this. Because a man knows that he can't live like that. Mm-hmm. You know? It's just impossible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really would be, you know. So she's sabotaging her future yeah. with this guy. On something that is literally impossible. Yeah, that's where it's so crazy. Because I did that episode on tyranny. And it's, like, so tyrannical to do that. But yet, like, I mean, never... So you have to manage your expectations. Right. Yeah. It's just crazy because it doesn't feel that way. Because it is tyranny, isn't it? To be like, I want you to do what I want you to do my way. Yeah. Yeah. Like Especially you're not gonna go because... on vacation because you have, you're gonna talk to girls, you can't talk to anyone. Man. Right. And there's no direction to that. Like it doesn't even make sense. You know? Like how does this make our relationship stronger? Mm. <laughs> you know? 
Well, that would be a question you'd have to be continuously asking to assess the relationship. I mean, not many people do that. We do that, but that's because we're working on all this stuff, which is cool. Well, so, yeah, right? I mean, but that's, you know, the latter, right? We should all, everybody on Earth should be thinking about stuff, you know, thinking mm-hmm. about what they do, what are their habits, yeah. what are their relationships like around them. Mm-hmm. Do they add to the relationship or do they just take? You know, do they infuse the relationship with energy or do they deflate the energy uh, relationship with energy? Yeah. Yeah, energy giving or energy draining. Yeah. Know? Absolutely. Wow. It's interesting. BPD is a very reflexive, you know, behavior. So, if all of your reflexive behavior towards anything you, you know, can make yourself believe is negative, mm-hmm. we well, are always going to have a reflex that reflexive response, you know, to anything that's uncomfortable to you. Yeah. But at some point, you have to start to figure out, like... what really does bother me mm-hmm. you know yeah like what really bothers me or what's just something that reflexively i've you know made negative yeah right mm-hmm. like you have to start to have those sorts of conversations with yourself or else you're just gonna continue to just you know completely betray yourself mm-hmm. because you have no rules no codes Right, no moral compass. Right. Yeah. So, your anger, your outbursts do nothing but betray your life. Yeah. It betrays you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Your worst enemy is that tantrum. Just, and you you know, all the tantrums are all because you're trying to get people to stay with you. But the people will never, ever stay with you if you act that way. No matter how much, like, hearing that hurts. It's so true. You know, and I thought about that when I thought of my family members, you know, who have similar issues. You know, the more they act that way, the more I myself was, like, repulsed by it. Yeah. It's just not, it's not repulsive that's, like, intense. But it is, like, um, well, it can be. But it is also, like, how long can you keep this up? That's more simplified. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Because it's that bad. <laughs> Right, I remember the one time where you were outside of the, our Plymouth Roadhouse and you had your hand, your head in your hands and it was cold and you had your hoodie up. And I, was, I looked at you out there and all of a sudden this light bulb went on in my head and I was like, oh, he's sad. You yeah, made him sad. Crossed. And I, I was like, I like never had that thought before though. I never would think to myself like, you hurt him. Yeah. But I saw it, and it was it was a light bulb yeah, that moment. Was bad. That was like that night. I was like, I know. I feel like I need to go to a hotel and like think. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, know. Uh, I know. That was an awful night. I knew I was in trouble that night too, because I said I made him sad. So I that was like a turning point for me. I never pushed you to that level of sadness after that again. <laughs> never. I knew. Yeah. Huh. It's crazy. 
<laughs> All right. Until next time. Pillow talk. <laughs> Rose. Hi, guys. Catherine here. I messaged you before about BPD. And you kindly answered those questions I had then in an episode of your podcast, which I really appreciate because I found it really helpful. But since then, my situation has changed quite a bit and I have been roughly re-evaluated. Not thoroughly, but enough that they could say that they didn't think I fit the criteria for BPD anymore. Um, so, uh, but I have also been made aware that there are a f- possibly a few common traits between BPD and ADHD. So I was wondering about that. If you have any knowledge or experience around that and perhaps if misdiagnosing between the two diagnoses is common. I couldn't fit it all into one message, so I'd send another one. But I do also have a godmother who has an ADD diagnosis and when I was diagnosed with BPD, she looked into what that diagnosis meant. And she told me that she recognised a lot of herself and her ADD struggles in what was described of BPD. And that made me think that she did, in fact, years ago, long before I was even diagnosed with BPD, suggest that I may have ADD or ADHD, but that was never really looked into as I didn't struggle in school so I didn't qualify for the ADHD diagnosis. Um, So therefore, I was wondering what your thoughts on the subject is and whether or not it may be ADD and not BPD at all. Hi again, Catherine. Thank you so much for submitting your question. Um, It's a good question. There is definitely overlap between ADD, ADHD, BPD, and bipolar disorder. So it's important that you get a clear diagnosis and you have someone who's a clinician who's capable and willing to look at a differential diagnosis, like what are the differences in the presentation of these three diagnoses. So that way you can get treatment that targets the symptoms that you're having. So there's a lot of overlap between ADD, ADHD, and BPD because both disorders or diagnoses are classified or characterized by difficulties in emotion regulation or self-regulation, self-control, feelings, behavior, relationships. And in ADD and BPD, there is a chronic sort of unstable sense of self that's identified when you're looking at these two disorders. Both have impulsivity, emotional volatility, and especially uh, anger management, so that rage that's talked about. And impulsivity in both ADD and BPD can lead to things like gambling, financial issues, uh, substance abuse, promiscuity, disordered eating, eating disorders. There's uh, hypersensitivity to sensory issues in both disorders. And this battle to regulate yourself, this lack of self-control, lack of self-regulation leads to feelings of shame, guilt, depression, anxiety. And so obviously all of those things sound a lot like BPD, but there are clear differences between the two diagnoses. So if you only have ADD, ADHD, 
things like persistent inattention, being distractible and being hyperactive are not part of the criteria for borderline personality disorder. And if you have BPD only, dissociative symptoms and those thought like paranoia, right? Paranoid thoughts, they're not going to occur in ADHD. So both disorders create an, a high level of distress and despair, but again, ADD or ADHD, this inattention, distractibility, hyperactivity piece is not going to be there in terms of the criteria for BPD. Also, the level of suicidality is going to be different for BPD. And in borderline personality disorder, there's this uh, stress-related dissociative symptom. So if you're numbing out, feeling disconnected, feeling dissociative, you're losing time and space, if you have paranoia or th paranoid thoughts about people talking about you, things like that, right, then you want to look at having at the di that diagnosis of borderline personality disorder. And also, you know, the way that I look at it, that's, you know, the clinical presentation, right? So clinically, you want to make sure that you're looking at the differences between the diagnoses and figuring out in which category you lay. My experience with borderline personality disorder is individuals that have BPD often have, maybe not meet full criteria, but often have those deficits in self-regulation and planning, task organization, things that fall under that ADD or ADHD category, you know, for just simply because they haven't had that opportunity to develop their identity and to be able to hone in on those executive skills. So that's really, you know, where I, I stand with that. If someone has told you that you don't meet criteria for borderline personality disorder and that you're you meet criteria for ADD or ADHD and you don't have those dissociative symptoms, paranoid thoughts, you don't have the suicidality, then, you know, you definitely want to go with what that provider, you know, what they're saying and do some research on your own. Because like I've said before, the, the best way to go about getting treatment for any issue that you have is to list out the most troubling symptoms and then to find the treatment that targets those troubles. Whether or not you have borderline personality disorder or ADD or ADHD kind of thing, the treatments should be a bit similar, again, unless you're really struggling with that suicidality, that self-destructive sort of path. Because what you, know, you really want to wrap your mind around and think about is that risk for self-harm and suicidality, it's so much higher for the borderline personality disorder diagnosis. So if you feel like you've had this history of harming yourself or, you know, like I said, disorder eating, cutting yourself, thinking about suicide, engaging in parasuicidal acts, like things that lead up to suicide but don't actually finish that task. I mean, the risk of suicide is real. So you don't want to be in a position where you're diagnosed with ADD because it's, you know, they're less stigmatized and you have this really deep depressed risk and these kind of suicidal behaviors. So hopefully that answers your question. And again, you know, oftentimes these two diagnoses, they can, they can be comorbid, meaning you can have BPD and ADD or BPD and ADHD. I like to think of it as having BPD and then underneath BPD, there are all these sort of ADD, um, ADHD-like symptoms that come from having this over-emotional sort of brain lack of a, a sense of self and sort of underdeveloped identity, underdeveloped theory of mind. So, 
thank you so much for submitting your questions and I'll talk to everybody next week for another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Okay, thanks for listening. That was From Borderline to Beautiful, a production of Skeeter's Strength Mindset Coaching Systems. We help frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at skeetersstrength.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Cast or any app you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. Next time on the show, we're going to continue our eating disorder series. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from last episode, so let's hear them. I'd love to hear whatever questions you have too. Just download that Anchor mobile app, search for From Borderline to Beautiful, and tap the message button to send me a voice message. So... If you like this podcast, not only can you download that Anchor app, but you can help us get this message out to so many more people. Head over to Apple and offer us that five-star rating and let me know what you're thinking about some of our material. The more stars and higher rating we get, the more people will have access to From Borderline to Beautiful, hope and help for individuals with BPD. 